Kelly and Kelly. Previously on This Stand Serious. Your Honor, he's trying to get the witness to say truth so he can say you can't handle the truth. We went over the trial of Daniel Bronstadt. This is exactly the mattress that the prosecutor would like you to believe I killed Chuck with. There we go. There we go. We, the jury, find Daniel Bronstadt not guilty. But something just didn't add up for me. So you weren't surprised that the jury found you innocent? That's what I said. Things didn't end well with us. Get out of my house. It's the finale of This Sounds Serious, the case of Daniel Bronstadt, a CastBox original. This season, we've been trying to uncover the details of the life and trial of Daniel Bronstadt, the most intriguing 911 caller I've ever heard, and the death of his brother, Orlando Weatherman, Chuck Bronstadt. I was back in my office at KGZB Public Radio in Minnesota, and I was having a hard time. If the whole point of this podcast was to get to know Daniel Bronstadt, then I'll be honest, I feel like it's been a failure. Seven episodes in, and I still don't think we've learned anything about Daniel. He was in a band. People would call us a no-hit wonder. He was in a cult. At the Mandala Faith, We believe in building an Atlantis of tomorrow. He was a weatherman's brother. (laughs) Yeah, you know, people would, would call us the weather twins. But who is he? All I've really learned about Daniel is that he's not Chuck. Chuck is dead. Daniel is alive. He's the one who let me interview him. But sometimes it feels like I've learned much more about Chuck. It had now been weeks since Daniel threw me out of his house. I called him a few times to try to sort things out. Hi, Daniel. It's Gwen. Uh, I know I'm probably the last person you want to talk to right now, but I... Hey, Daniel. It's Gwen again. Um, Could you please call me back? No answer. I sent emails. Nothing. But there was still something weighing on my mind. I have an idea that I want to run by you, and I'm hoping that you'll be open to it. So if you could just call me back... um, As soon as you can. After watching footage of his trial again and listening back to all our interviews, something still didn't sit right with me. I needed to talk to him. And then finally, he called back. Hello? Hello, Gwen. It's DB. Daniel, hi. Thank you for calling back. Yeah. Well, you were, let's just say, more than persistent. You filled up my tape. I know. I I called you uh, a whole bunch, and the main reason is because I wanted to apologize for the way that we left things. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty rotten, all the things you did. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I am sorry. So, listen, I... I'm just about ready to put the final touches on the podcast. I'm nearly finished. But I realized in that, that we've never listened to the 911 call together, which is sort of how this story all started. So I'm wondering if maybe I could come back to Florida again and talk to you. He was a little less enthusiastic about that idea. Yeah. No, 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 no. We've already done that, Gwen. You've spent over a month here and 
and we've you've already heard what that's given you. And I've been listening to your little podcast, by the way. You know, some parts of it I enjoy, and some parts of it, if I'm being honest, Gwen, feel pretty one-sided. Kind of feels like you have a bit of an agenda to paint me as some kind of weird uh, creeper who's uh, a horsey lover who uh, may have uh, killed his uh, twinsy. And it doesn't sit right with me, Gwen. That's not that's not the story here. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen uh, is I'm going to come to you. Okay? Well, I wasn't expecting that. And I'm going to do the talking this time. So I'm going to get in your studio and I'm going to be the one doing the blah, blah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a crack at being the host here. Excuse me? I'm going to host the last episode. No, I heard you. I just, I don't quite understand. What like I said, the final episodes in crime podcasts are always a bust anyway. So what the hell do you care? Uh, well, it's it's actually not as easy as you're making it sound, Daniel. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what's not easy? Being the subject of a true crime podcast where a host is saying you killed someone. I'm coming to you, so get that studio ready and have those mics hot, because I got a fair bit I'm going to talk about here. Daniel didn't really give me much of an option here. The next day, he got on a plane and flew up. Daniel, welcome uh-huh. to our office. So which one of you uh, guys is Ira's glasses? Uh, this is highly unusual, and I'm honestly not even sure of the journalistic ethics of letting your subject host your show. But I figured maybe this is the only way I can get in the same room with him to talk about the one detail from the trial that doesn't sit right with me. So I'm sorry if this isn't going to be what you're used to, but I'm just fulfilling his request. And... Well, I guess it's not my show to host anymore, so I'll hand it off. As I drove my rented Ford Mustang through the streets of Minneapolis and St. Paul, I thought a lot about these twin cities and how they're kind of like me and Chuck. One of them's the more mischievous twin, and then, of course, the other one's the saint. One of them has a legendary musical history, and then the other one has a weatherman's history, I guess. I don't know. This is where the analogy breaks down, but up until there, it was pretty pretty on point. Now, what was I saying? As I drove past a high school at lunchtime, I thought a lot about these kids on the lawn with their whole lives in front of them. And I, I saw a lot of myself in these kids. I saw a lot of Chuck. And I thought to myself, if I was one of those kids, what would I want to see right now? Well, I'd probably want to see a cool guy do donuts in a Mustang in the school parking lot. And I really got those tires smoking. I mean, I dropped that 5.0. It was kick ass. Everybody said so. Oh, man. Cool times. Oh, hi, Detective Anthony. This is Daniel Bronstadt calling. Are you fucking kidding me? That's Detective Leonard Anthony of the Orlando Police Department. Why why are you calling me, Daniel? Ah, very interesting. I'll ask the questions, Detective. I'm not interested, okay? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Goodbye. You're on my podcast. 
According to him, I'm a real piece of shit. But guess what? So's he, that piece of shit. But the last thing he said really stuck with me. Leave me you're, alone. You're leave on, me alone. Goodbye. You're on my podcast. Shit. Just leave me alone? Well, somebody definitely didn't leave Chuck alone. Somebody killed him. And maybe that somebody was the same person that won't leave me alone. Can you play some of that music now when it's sinister and you're saying something? Just start it up. Yeah. Maybe it was somebody who is so obsessed with Chuck, somebody who built their whole life around him, somebody so infatuated with him that they'd travel across the country to make a podcast about him. That's right. Maybe the true mastermind of Chuck's death was right under our noses the whole time, or right in our ears the whole time. Maybe it's the woman who's been hosting this show up until now. The woman sitting across from me in the studio with that sour look on her face. Miss Gwen Radford. Jesus Christ. How long was that? Uh, About three minutes and 30 seconds. Really? Oh, my God. How long is this thing supposed to be? What do you bring this in at? 25? 25, yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's too long anyways. Let's aim for 23 on this, but that still means you're like 19 minutes short or something. Oh, I'm just going to get a glass of water. I need a break for a second here. Oh, earphones. Okay. Shoot. Those are still on my head. Daniel, you all right? Yeah, I'm going to get some water. You can host if you want for a bit. I'll be back. Daniel took a break. He said I could go back to hosting the show if I wanted to. A few minutes later, he came back into the studio and he agreed to let me play the 911 call. Coming up after the break, I finally sit down and listen to the 911 call from the night of Chuck's murder with the man who made it. You sure you're up for this? Well, I guess, I, you know, I mean, you. Uh, what am I supposed to do? Is there some preparation for my uh, ears? <laughs> well, when's I the mean, last time you listened to the Well, I have no clue. I mean, I don't, you know, that's where you think I'd go back and try to relive the day my brother was murdered or, you know, it's probably in the trial or something, Gwen. I don't know. It's been a while, I guess. Okay. We sat there in the studio across the table from each other face to face. And then I pressed play. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, my brother. I, uh, I think he's dead. Okay, please calm down, sir. What happened? Uh, wait a minute. I'm not really sure what I thought was going to happen when he listened. Maybe he was going to cry. Maybe he was going to confess. But as I watched his face, I didn't get the reaction I expected. Ooh, sounds like I'm pretty worked up. In fact, he didn't seem to react at all. Please, please hurry. Uh, sir, I need you to calm down. What's your name? Oh, God! Sir, I need you to calm down, okay? What is your name? Oh, God. Um, uh, it's Daniel. I'm going to stop it right there. Why did it take you so long to give her your name? I, I, I have no idea. I mean, so 11 years ago, you know, I, uh, I was, you know, I guess I was probably wondering, well, why in the hell would, you know, this nosy Parker need to know who the hell I am? This is about my brother, not me. So I may have been, you know, that might have confused me. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, my socks are wet. I'm standing, I'm shivering. I'm standing in this wet, soggy carpet and, and, you know, oh, yeah, I'm looking at my blue dead brother. Maybe I'm in shock, Gwen. Uh, maybe is that a possibility? I'm staring at my dead brother in shock. Any more questions? Okay. Uh, I'm just going to jump to the next clip. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hi, how are you? So, who were you talking to there? Oh, yeah, let me think. Um, hmm, what day was that again? Oh, yeah, it was the day that my brother died. So, no, I don't, I have no clue, Gwen. I was flying by the seat of my pants. I'm surprised that any of this is coherent. I realize that this may be the wrong path. As much emphasis as I'd placed on the 911 call, we probably weren't going to get anywhere with it. No matter what I ask, he can just say he doesn't remember. And the truth is, I can't really challenge that. Do you remember what you did on January 13th, 2007? I don't. Even if it was a completely life-altering day for you, you probably wouldn't remember every second of a 10-minute phone call you had. It's a letdown, I know. But the truth is, it's really okay that I'm not getting anything from Daniel. I don't actually need him to hear the call. There's something else that's been on my mind, something I noticed in the trial footage, and it's something I don't think anyone else saw. It's the reason I wanted to get back in a room with him so badly. The only right thing is to convict this man, Daniel Bronstadt, of murder in the first degree. Thank you very much. The thing he did in the trial, it was almost imperceptible. Right before he stood up to deliver his opening statement, he rocked back and forth in his chair for a couple seconds and muttered something. The court will now hear opening statements from the defense. Mr. Bronson, are you all right? Yes, I am. It sounds like he's making a weird kind of clicking noise, which I wouldn't put past Daniel. But listen again. The court will now hear opening statements from the defense. Mr. Bronson, are you all right? I couldn't help but think this was more than one of Daniel's idiosyncrasies. And then I remembered this. It's a clip we aired in episode four of Chuck's former anchor on WQOO, Amelia Cruz. Yeah, Chuck was always very cool on the air, but it's, a, it's funny, you know, off the air, he got a bit nervous. So before we would go live, he would always go, come on, Chucky boy, come on, Chucky boy, you know, just psych himself up. It was, it was actually pretty cute. Now listen to the courtroom clip again. The court will now hear opening statements from the defense. That's Daniel saying Chuck's lucky phrase. Daniel has always maintained that he didn't kill Chuck, and I don't know why I believed him, but now I understand. Here's a clip of that opening statement where Daniel won over the jury. Chuck. He was something, wasn't he, Chuck? He had the charm, he had the gift of the gab, he had the talent, he, he really had it all. I love my brother. It's like he's transforming. Daniel's awkward, stilted speech suddenly smooths out and he turns on the charm. It's something I've never seen from Daniel before. Not in person and not when he was pretending to be Chuck on TV. Tomorrow's gonna be kind of an eggy, uh... Oh, it's Aggie. What's the word, Amelia? I am not sure, Chuck. So here's what I think happened. After Daniel blew Chuck's chance at the network gig as the weatherman on Wake Up America... For the remainder of the 
day, it'll be fartly plowdy. Clark, Clark, Clark. Chuck threw him out once and for all. Chuck never threw me out. But Daniel came back and refused to leave. And that was it. Chuck couldn't take it anymore. So Chuck used his own sleeping pill to knock out Daniel. Oh yeah, he was drugged. Yeah, he drugged himself. And when Daniel was asleep, Chuck drowned him in the waterbed. Oh, we found some of Daniel's fingerprints in Chuck's bedroom. A lot, actually. The 911 caller wasn't Daniel, who was always a little frazzled. It was Chuck acting frazzled because he was trying to act like Daniel and he hadn't figured out how to do it yet. Hey, what is your name? Oh, God. Um, it's Daniel. Chuck could pretend to be Daniel because the police couldn't correctly identify which twin was alive. A lifetime of them switching identities had made any fingerprints or dental records unreliable. They didn't know which one of us was to blame, so they arrested both of us, they fingerprinted us, off we went to the hospital to be treated for our injury. Which explains why he had so much trouble with the polygraph test in some parts. Daniel, do you consider yourself to be a, a violent person? No, not a violent person. Stupid question, I'm not. What, why is this thing doing that? But not in others. Since moving out of Orlando, Daniel has started raising horses. Hey, would you want to comb a mini horse? Uh, um. Nothing in any of my research suggests he had an affinity for these animals. But I know Chuck did. Uh, uh, those of you who know me know I love horses, and this is actually where I've boarded mine for years. Uh, but the reason- So the reason Daniel refused to talk to me about his years in the cult isn't because he's ashamed. It's because he is Chuck. And Chuck doesn't know anything about the cult. I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. And I don't know how I missed it. I may have even noticed it the moment I met him. But he definitely has his brother's blue eyes. And I have to admit, they kind of draw you in. But I ignored it. I want you to look at that face. I want you to remember that face. Because that is the exact same face Chuck Bronstad had. He's been leaving me clues right up to this very moment. Chuck and I were always swapping out with each other. In in some way, it was kind of like Chuck was punching himself in the face. People honestly couldn't tell if it was Chuck or me. I never really understood what Daniel's motive would be for killing Chuck. Chuck was Daniel's gravy train. They fought sometimes, but they always ended up back together. But this time, maybe Chuck didn't want them to. Maybe Chuck wanted to be alone so badly that he was willing to give up all the fame and adoration. Everywhere I turned, it would be Chuck. I just had to get out. He needed to commit this one violent act to finally have peace. Sometimes you just drive you so crazy you think you're doing the worst things. Die! 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 Ultimately, I don't know why Chuck did it. But I was hoping he would tell me. I laid it all out there for him and waited for his reaction. So that's, that's your, that's your thesis. My theory, that's it is. That's your theory, your theorem. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. I'm very, uh, very inch, I'm surprised, interested that you shared that with me, that, um, you know, I just want to remind, I want to remind you that you are, you're not the police. Mm-hmm. You're a podcaster. Mm-hmm. So, so ultimately, your theory, I don't know, you, what are you going to, you're arresting me 
for uh, with your from the co- podcast court. That's absolutely, absolutely, cra- you're crazy. That just doesn't even. Why would you even do this? Why would you do this to me? Because I, I don't. I don't. We've had this nice, you know. And then all of a sudden, you're 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 saying what? That I'm that I did what? To do this? I mean, this is it makes. Ow! 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 I just got up too quick. Um. Okay. You are so, you're so wrong, and so smug, and you know I gotta honestly, I probably gotta get myself, um, I've gotta get myself back to the hotel, and I'm, I don't even know how else I address that. I'm going back to the La Quinta Suites. You are gonna, re- you are going to regret how stupid you sound. Wrong. Am I right about all this? I think I am. But the sad truth is, he's right. Podcasters don't have the authority to arrest anyone for murder, no matter how artful of a storyteller they are. And this is as far as this story goes. I wish I'd had a chance to meet Daniel. I don't think he was the villain that Chuck made him out to be. Just a little out of breath. I'm a little out of breath from saying Wisconsin. I think he was just a misunderstood screw-up who lived in the shadow of his more successful brother. And that couldn't have been easy. Earlier I said that I feel like I've learned more about Chuck than Daniel. And the reason is, Daniel is dead and Chuck is alive. And if you don't believe me yet, there's one more thing. A couple hours after Chuck left, I got this voicemail. You know who. You know when we first spoke, I sent you a song. Baby, I can buy you a bayou. Well, I, I kind of thought it might be nice if I ended things by sending you another one. I wrote this one in my hotel room. It's called The Weatherman's Lament, Gwen. The clouds are moving in. The storms ain't gonna clear. And if the weather comes, you know I'll never not be near. And look up at the sky now. I'm Gwen Radford, and thank you for listening to This Sounds Serious. I think I have the blues. This Sounds Serious, The Case of Daniel Bronstadt, was produced by Kelly and Kelly. Written by Dave Shemka, Pat Kelly, Chris Kelly, and Peter Oldring. Starring Carly Pope and Peter Oldring. Additional voices by Paul F. Tompkins, Gary Anthony Williams, Lauren Ash, Sarah Erickson, Colin Cowan, Christina Sicoli, Amy Goodmurphy, Mark Chavez, Cam McLeod, Graham Clark, Andrew Barber, Angela Galanopoulos, Ryan Beal, and Viv Leacock. And the forecast calls for a 90% chance of love. When you were right, the forecast calls for a 90% chance of love. Danny, take it away. Okay. The forecast calls for a 90% chance of love. Back to you, Chuck. 
The forecast calls for a 90% chance of love. Back to you, Amelia. Oh, Evan, what are you doing here? This Sounds Serious is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to This Sounds Serious wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. <laughs>